This is the business of life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. Hi, everyone. So I'm in the studio today, and I had to find a guest host because Jan is away for a week uh, on tour. So I went up to Twitter because that's what you do, and I said, "Hey, Twitter world, who would you like me to have a good chat with?" And Chantal Kreviavix. Did I say that wrong? Oh, I knew I was going to say it wrong. Go, go, say it. Kreviavix. Kreviavix. Great! Uh, I, I tried. That. You threw an X in there. Which I is, don't know. Like, yeah, I just I'm okay. like with me now. Crevy Azic. Crevy Azic. It's easy. There right, you go. Yeah. Or, 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 or as I'm going to call you, Chantel. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Chantel's <laughs> name came up over and over again, and I I have a little bit of a connection with Chantel, so I thought there's no way she's in town. There's no way. So. But she responded to one of the tweets that was out there. And so Mm -hmm. then I DM'd her and we got together and we decided and she was in town and I was in town and we decided to get together. Meant to be. It was meant Mm -hmm. to be. And we've been trying to meet each other in person for years. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back. Well, so we have a a very cool, common friend. Um, And then I guess we connected that way. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, we kind of just pushed a little deeper and found that there's actual common ground of, of even further personal depth, which is nice. But but a, a friend from um, my hometown of Winnipeg, <clears throat> my best, best, best neighborhood friend, um, Tessa, her older brother, who, of course, him being her older brother, was like my first crush. <laughs> of course. Of course. And he was the coolest guy and... Um, uh, adorable and creative from the time he was, oh my God, so talented. He was setting world records in video games when we were kids and we'd all gather at the 7-Eleven to watch him play. And and then he was um, a gifted drummer and uh, just just kind of a really, they're a really neat family. They were really my adoptive family growing up, the Emery family. Um, actually, there was a song on my first album called Me and the Emerys, and it didn't make the album, <laughs> believe it or not. Aww. Yeah, um, I can still remember it. And anyway, so Chris Emery, who is half of uh, Craves Candy yeah, Company. O- OMG Candy. OMG yeah, Candy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they went, they freaking went on uh, your show and uh, didn't win, but you, I guess it doesn't work that way. They win if, if, if someone invests in them, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So you invested and boom, now we're all kind of strange, weird, connected fam. And so uh, what I thought was cool is that you and I both care deeply um, about someone who, who has struggled with, with mental health and have made it um, either, I don't know about for you, but for me, it's driven a lot of my life and I feel that it's shaped a lot of my heart, actually. Um, and soul. So, um, and, and, and you know what? I take that to sleep with me. Yeah. I take that to sleep with me. The, the people and friends who, who have that challenge of navigating someone whose brain um, is, the, is the organ that isn't um, functioning at an optimal is, um, it's, it's highly comforting to know that I, I have, I mean, I know that if I'm bottoming there are just certain people and i don't even have to talk to them i can hear their voice i can feel their their, their energy their energy well i can just feel the that they that they know and yeah. that helps so much yeah i think it's i think it's something that many artists 
don't talk enough about because I think particularly for the artistic community, there's a genius level that belongs there that changes and shapes and forms your mind and the way you think about mm. things. And it can be very dark sometimes. Mm. It can be very lonely. Well, being an artist, whether you have any kind of addictions or mental health co-occurring, anything is um, just by in, in its nature is a lonely process. So to get to the outcome, yeah, now you turn on the radio or you open a book or, you know, and your head is just kind of, you, you, there's this, it appears to be all this, you know, stimulation. But for the, for the artist, for the creator, there's a ton of pain and suffering and struggle and darkness and isolation um, that goes along with that. So, I mean, yeah, you don't even have to be really personally struggling with mental health. Um, but I do think that in order to be able to feel like that is somehow in some way a safe and familiar space, you have also have to have touched on a dark something something in yeah. your life because otherwise you'd be like no way am i hanging here <laughs> yeah well that's and, and from the depths of that comes mm. this comes these expressions whether it's fine art whether it's music whether it's um any whether it's ballet whether it's any mm. expression of how you express yourself through through your craft i think you have to find your yourself in this very lonely place inside your head and you know mm. i just want to leap from that sure. to this last week, I was there's so much. There's been so much bad news. I mean, I I'm overwhelmed by it. I I, I found mm-hmm. myself a couple days ago reading the news about what had happened in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then reading the horrible, horrible, tragic event there. And then I was reading, uh, you know, just kept going through Twitter and my feed and reading all the updates. And I just I started to cry. Yeah, I was laying in bed reading the you know sure. on my phone, and I started to cry. And I became overwhelmed with uh-huh. this huge sense of loss. Sure. And so I thought, you know, I got to put my phone down. I, sure. I, and so I put mm-hmm. my phone down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I woke up the next morning and I thought, Arlene, you've got to, optimism is is becoming too hard to grasp. Ah. And so Tip. how do you how do you make that better? <clears throat> well, you've got to put it out there. Mm-hmm. You've got to remain optimistic mm-hmm. in times mm-hmm. that are really hard. How do mm-hmm. you stay optimistic? Well, you know, I... Um, I have a huge penchant and value uh, for service. And I see how, um, you know, I look at what we teach children and how we um, mobilize those people affected by mental health and addictions because it has shaped a lot of of my my uh, personal journey. Mm-hmm. And what I see is a whole heck of a lot of action. So, and a lot of, um, of, um, of uh, you know, walking classroom, a lot of curiosity, a lot of, 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 of exposure. So you, you, you come to realize that the healthiest a person can be no matter what circumstance they find themselves in, be they a child developing, an addict who is trying to overcome or get well, um, or how about just a person trying to be well? You don't just get to be well. It's something you actually maintain. You don't get to just stay rich. You work at it. You actually have to. You don't get to, to just land at the top of the 
you know, chain in your business or your art form or whatever, and then you're there and you stay there. You're slipping and sliding off the mountain the whole the whole time. And so you got to get out your tools. You got to chip away and keep working to to stay or to climb back up every time you begin to fall off. And what I see in those those places in the in the in the development, the teaching of children and in the the growing of healthy minds in the mental health and addictions world, I see a lot of service. And Mm. I think that, you know, it's already a value that I take from Manitoba in the sense of community, and we don't let people, we don't hang people out to dry, we don't leave them, you know, um, hurting. There is a lot of coming together and helping the community. Um, but the actual take action has become more and more something that I value because, um, you know, I think around the Industrial Revolution, we lost community. We lost the the practice of of sharing at a very basic level, you know, going over to the neighbors, walking a mile away or half a mile away to pick up the, the cherry tomatoes that you know you might be entitled to in the spring or summer or, you know, providing, um, you know... Um, uh, perishable, non-perishables to your neighbor or whatever it might be. We lost a lot of that. And now we're all on this like journey alone. We've got our heads down and that's cool. There's a quality of life there that I think we've managed to to achieve that's wonderful. But I do believe that the connection of, you know, one of my favorite people, I have an auntie. I don't believe in any of her politics. I, I probably would never talk about politics with her because, no, that wouldn't go well. Not at all. <laughs> but you know what? She's one of my favorite people because she's a, she was a nurse. And her her value for service is so profound to me. The the lack of of need uh, for any kind of acknowledgement or or a payback for anything. The humility with which she she carries herself. I, I can't even imagine if she was to sit and make a list of what she has done for other people in her life in this yeah. small town in Manitoba where she's just a kind of a regular nice lady that the the community respects, you know. I mean, there's a loss here that we've, yeah, it's, you know. You know what, you're, just, you're making me think because I, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. I, I, I When you read on social media, everybody says the right things, but very few people are doing no, the right the things. No, it's the doing. It's the doing. It's the darn yeah, doing, it's man. It's the doing, yeah. It's the, because that's where you actually... You, yeah. you are at your optimal. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It's and you get from it as much that, as that's you what give I'm saying. with it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm not even talking yeah. about yeah. you know what happens for this other person. It's that you're present, and when you are in the room with someone who has actual, actual struggle and need, like you're in such a much better place in your own desire in your own you know your own um self-awareness it just all comes in but it's you know it's scary and i want to think a little bit about that it's scary because somehow when you're near it you're afraid that you're going to get captured by it 
And good, know, right? I know. Yeah. Good. It's good when you can get yourself there. But a lot of people stay away from anything that feels troubling or dark because they're worried that somehow they're going to be engulfed in it as opposed to be able to save it. And I think that's something we can all think about. Mm. Can we be people that help versus can we be people that, um, that, you know, take a, like move away from it because we're afraid of it? Well, I think now you're talking about fear, you know, Arlene, and and let's if we were to go on the internet right now and Google fear, yeah, what would that tap into? My gosh, there, there's probably so many brilliant quotes and bites to walk people through right. what fear is. And you know, I think I think um, there's a bit of a, um, I think that when a person is faced with a great fear. I'm going to tell a beautiful story in a moment, if you don't mind, which which I, I probably shouldn't if I was a truly humble person, but I'm just so excited about what I experienced and got to experience with my husband the other night. So I'm going to tell you a, a quick story. But I think when we are in that that moment, and I know that fear you're talking about, it's the unfamiliar, it's the unknown, it's the I can't, I can't even begin to um, even poke a hole in Am this. I strong enough? I can't move Am I, the needle. Have I got Am the I, strength? Have, have I, got I got the strength, strength to help somebody well, else you know out of their I, own issue? Yeah, right? but I said to someone last night who I, I I think is one of, you know, one of the most genius, important people in the world, Dr. Sam Nutt, who who runs mm-hmm. More Child Canada, I, 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 I just sent her an encouraging note and I said, can you please just take note of what your greatest fear is? about this topic she and I had been talking mm-hmm. about that I know is mm-hmm. on her heart a bit. And and I said, really take stock in what that fear is. What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Mm-hmm. I use that you know? line all the What's time. the worst? You know what my doctor will say to me sometimes? He'll say, okay, and then what? And I say, I don't know. And then I like pass out. And he's like, okay. And you pass out. <laughs> and Hopefully you, get, you don't hit yeah. your head. And if you do, <laughs> I stitch it up and you, whatever. Yeah. Like, what is the worst thing? You know, I mean, even, okay, so you die. Well, everybody dies. I mean, I don't know what is the worst possible. It's true, but you know? it takes. I think that comes with maturity and time and 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 thoughtful reflection internally of who you are. Too many people are doing things in their day to day, and they aren't ever reflecting no. on who they are as they're individuals. They're not tapping into what they care about. Nuh-uh. They don't. They 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 spend little time with themselves. I've got friends that they will never. I never see them alone. Ever. And I always say to them, like, maybe you should spend some time by yourself. How about just in silence? That's right. Just, that's right. just, just in silence. Exactly. Pick a position, sit in it, and don't move. Yeah. And hear the, the, the noise of yeah. the city or the noise of the room or yeah. a noise you never even knew existed in your house or yeah. something. I want to hear your story. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm doing this project with my husband called Moon vs. Sun. Um, her famous husband. Yeah, yeah. My, my husband, Rain Made, a lead singer of Our Lady Peace. <laughs> Um, yeah. no, Name dropping. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm right. not married, well, but I'm I, I, I want to live so. vicariously through you. <laughs> Can I get I a I don't Can know. I, I don't know if you want. Oh, okay. Well, that's we've, another show. We've been together a long time. We've been together 22 years, and we have this project, which I'll tell you about later. But one of the things that I'm the most excited about doing a project with my husband is that, speaking of loneliness, um, when, you, when you're a solo artist, there's a lot of cool stuff you experience, and you have no witness. Like it's true, you know you you know hang with the queen or you 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 know you know what I mean like these these crazy like sort of crazy things happen to you, um, special things happen. So I'm true. not saying meeting the queen's cool. I'm that's an you know well that's but pretty cool. Whatever. I'd rather it, meet it, it the queen than some things. of the other states or just like you know you find yourself whatever. sitting a, across the room from 
you know, I don't know, somebody just, Chantel. I don't know, like <laughs> Bill Gates or Paulina Porsco, no, and you're alone and you're like, I have no witness. This didn't happen. You know, and I walk in my house. So relate right? to this. I, I so relate to this. I walk in my house and I'm like, God, get me a poop bag. You guys didn't pick up any of the crap. And like, you know, what, what would happen when I was gone? And I'm like, all, dogs. I'm at the sink already. And I'm like, you know. You're talking about dogs, Rolling right? heads. Yeah, Dog dogs, you, kids. You know, has, a poop no, bag for the kids. I don't know. <laughs> Myself. Yeah. No, just kidding. So, no, I mean, you just, you go from one role to another and you just kind of roll with it. You know, that's my life. And and I often, I, I usually don't have a witness that is truly, like, I don't have my husband. I don't have my partner. So, I'm. I have been particularly excited about how, like, I'm going to experience cool things all over again, and this time have my man with me. So the other night, there had been a meet and greet planned. I had been told that there was this boy named Ben who um, was uh, from the Peterborough area, and he was my son's age. My son happens to be on tour with us right now, Rowan. Uh, so he's 15, 14, 15. And, um, and he, has, uh, he has severe autism, this boy. And um, I had been told over the years, like, I would send off, you know, an autographed picture or a CD cover or this kind of thing and get these beautiful, beautiful notes from his mom and his caregiver. And, and, and you know, this is really, really touching. But, you know, I don't go and wave notes and things around to my husband as he doesn't with me. We see each other sign various things in the office and ship them back out or whatever. But, you know, that's the extent of it. So I had received a request that, you know, Ben and I uh, meet, um, and of course I welcome. The, I welcomed that, and and so the meeting had been prepared, and um, and and my husband, I guess he he's receiving the same things as me from our coordinator now that we're yeah. together. So he received it, and then just before I walked over to this meet and greet, as they call them, I said, "Oh, honey, this is Ben. You don't have to come out for this. This is you know." And I kind of just you know literally said that, you know, you don't have to. And and he said, no, I'll come, I'll come. And um, so he walked out with me and there was a boy in a, in his wheelchair and his, his incredible mother uh, next to him. And then Tamara, his, his caregiver <clears throat> on his right, he was wearing a, a, a pink uh, shirt with glitter all over it that said Chantal and had flowers and hearts. And um, and I was told immediately that he had made it. And he was in an episode of of of, of punching himself. So mm-hmm. this was a very thrashing, quite dramatic, um, um, you know, difficult uh, sight to, to walk into. And I spend a lot of time as much as I can um, in hospitals mm-hmm. and with families. And I mean, I, I personally really thrive on it. Um, it's come to be. Uh, my passion to to be open, I would say that's my great passion, right? So for me, I'm just like reveling in this privilege, if you will, to to sit with Ben and and these these amazing folks surrounding him. And you know, it it's tough to start the conversation, right? When he's in this episode, so 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 I think his mom said, you know, he's not he's not doing that great right now, and and we we began to have this conversation, and I said, well, what percentage of his day is spent in 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 an episode, if you will, like you're describing an episode? She said about ten percent of the day, and by the end, by the way, like. I was holding his hands back mm-hmm. by the end. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, you know, I was like literally a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they started to describe how he had a board of for communicating. And one of these symbols on his board was my picture. 
And when you press the picture, it says Chantel, like that. And then um, it would it would play the song he wanted, but he was only allowed to play that song if he would count to three. And I, I didn't actually even hear him really speak. But anyway, while he was thrashing and it was getting really intense and it was hard, it was difficult to see him. I I I um, I I realized that that you know he was passionate about my music. So I said, "What are Ben's favorite songs?" They proceeded to tell me that his favorite songs were my songs feels like home uh time and then a new one um <clears throat> a new song of mine from my last solo album called um the song is called hard sale and it was really hard he he really wasn't stopping now his face if you can imagine was throwing itself to the right and then whacking himself and then and then and then he would throw his neck would throw his face over to the left and he'd whack himself and all the while there's this oh you know this moaning and it's so intense and i just went straight to my song and i went oh 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 whoa, oh 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 and his face just whipped up and he looked up at me and I just sang and sang and sang and sang and it stopped it stopped his suffering yeah. stopped it makes me cry yeah it was beautiful now I looked over and there was my husband standing next to me imagine so he saw so he saw and then I went and got my son and my son this is the cool thing man my son came in and they were they were going to be leaving and i said oh can he meet my son so there he was and i looked over at my son you know and i'm going to cry cuz when you have a whole kid a kid who's well you're so hard on them so hard you're so hard yeah. on them yeah. you know i mean my son is is fine i mean he's a pain in my butt but he's fine you know and i'm looking up at my son this gorgeous kid and and then i'm looking at ben and his mom why why is his mom smiling more than me? Yeah. Why is she glowing and beautiful and happier than me? It's incredible. So then my son gratitude. Got, right. Yeah. So my son got to experience this and I looked over at him. I did it again. I did it again. You know, um you picked the right song. I picked the song. I sang the song again. In front of my son, and he did the same thing all over again. And all the thrashing, the 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 punching, it all stopped when I sang again. And I actually sang through the whole song both times. And and then when we walked away, what I found so fascinating because my son is still very he's so in the wonderment, just the way we've raised him. He's just this quite wondrous kid, and and he's um, he, we went back, and I said, "Well, how was that, hun?" And he said, "It was awesome." He goes, "You know." I really relate with him. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, I really think that I'm... I, he told me that he sees himself in him, too. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, yeah, the world hasn't gotten a hold of you yet. It yeah. was really, really beautiful in his yeah. child mind that he could understand something about him. You know, it was really cool. Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful story. And I think I think you, you touched on a couple things. I mean, I'm sitting here crying, so I'm trying to compose myself now. Um, but I, I feel like you, you said something that I hadn't thought about. Crying. 
I made Jan cry last week, so maybe this is uh, this is karma, this is karma baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is karma. Um, but I was thinking about how you said talk about um, having somebody bear witness to the things you see, and isn't that true? Whether you live a big special life and you get to meet the queen, or you get to doesn't across, matter, doesn't didn't matter. happen. If you don't have so much, share, does, exactly. so what the hell's fame? People are so dumb. You don't get happier because you have fans. No, no. No. You do not. You get happy. Or more full. Or more full. Your yeah. well gets full because of true love. True love that service you share with others that, you know, like, listen, I think, you know, Dr. Sam actually from War Child, she, she really believes from her point of view, and I, I share her point of view, that we are here ultimately for validation so imagine being a war refugee right okay like we're storytellers so from my point of view i agree with her because we are born storytellers when we come out of the mother's womb we scream and profess to the maximum the best way we know how we tell the best story that if we don't eat now we're gonna Die, and so our mother, <laughs> we go <hard>. our mother, <laughs> yeah. hears that plea that is so well told. It's so well told that she produces milk out of the nipple. Yeah. So from the moment we come to this world, we are storytellers. Because by the way, you're not going to die if you don't eat right then. No, you're but not going to die for like a good seven okay. days. Yeah. Okay, but. but, but but just to interject for a second, because I think what you just what you said about being storytellers, we have lost the art of storytelling. I mean, what's happening in this shorthand world where oh, we the text, bite, the yeah. bite, the sound bites, <laughs> the you know, the, the, and this is one of the right. reasons we're doing this podcast sure. series is this notion of talking to friends and having a conversation, and telling your truth and your stories to mm. each other, and learning from each other is getting so lost. It's almost like pe- nobody wants to talk on the phone anymore to each other. Text See, me, don't I do. Me. I do too. I love it. I pick up the damn phone. People don't like it though. And yeah. so what's happening is it's becoming an intrusion in your life if you actually spend more than two minutes with somebody. And if you, so I do a lot of public speaking and sure. I stand on stage in mm-hmm. front of thousands of people mm-hmm. and I'll tell my story of, you know, the things I've gone through, the mistakes I've mm-hmm. made, the Your challenges adversity. I've mm-hmm. had, my sure. adversity. Mm-hmm. And and I poke fun at myself sure. a lot. And, Afterwards, people will say, "You know, I really heard myself in your story," mm-hmm. and I and and they and I always say to them, "Well, are you telling your story? Because your story, someone's going to hear themselves in your story, mm-hmm. and so on and so on." And by sharing our stories, people can find the depth of their of their feelings and feel okay that their story isn't doesn't have to be special or or big but in order to be meaningful. To, but that goes back to, for example. Service. Yes. Now, when I, it's practice, right? If if you don't hear your own voice say something, then it's it's really scary. If you don't actually sit in the room with someone who has a, an incredibly challenging life experience, it's uncomfortable. Like I think it's all about um, finding these muscles and not letting atrophy set in, and and flexing them and working them, and and you know, I mean. Um, we we have to try. We have to get a little uncomfortable. Um, imagine being a guy. Since you're a little boy, you're told not to show feelings. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. This is why we're in the pickle we're in now. <clears throat> you know, this is... Um, 
talk about equity. You know, I mean, on the one hand, we have women with 5% of the, I think, the share on all levels. <laughs> I think that's my number, 5%, from what I can tell, whether it's women in journalism, women owning the land, women being the CEOs. It's, it's about 5%, okay? But what about if you were only allowed to show 5% of your feelings, which is what I think the men are. So we have all this amazing work to do, and only by communicating and only by being curious and you know, getting to know each other and each other's stories. I think that's the only way we do some healing and, and get somewhere. You make a, you make, like the, the, the challenge I have is sometimes, you know, there's so many women's groups that are supporting, you know, like women's groups for this, women's groups for that, women's groups for these things. And I always kind of I, I struggle with it only because I feel like that time has passed. What needs to happen now is human groups. There needs to be the, the interaction. That's right. There needs to be the interaction yes. between men yes. and women again. And 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 I know we had to go maybe you know far one way in order to come to where we are now. But now what I think we otherwise we're talking in an echo chamber. You know, a bunch of women getting together and 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 well, lifting each okay, other up is okay. good. But you also yeah. need men to support too. Yeah. You need both. Yeah, I have another terrific story okay. for you very quickly. Like. Um, when I was recently um, visiting the Syrian refugee program for War Child, I had one of my most amazing experiences on that trip was sitting um, in a room alone with women who were gathering on site at one of the programs for psychosocial services, for skills development. Um, and um, what was really cool is when, when the door shut at this particular site, uh, the women's veils came off. There were no right. no men in the room. And what I found fascinating was that the program allowed for women to come together and learn about their rights, encourage one another for what the possibilities and potential, you know, are and is. And then, um, then they went home and then they communicated on a level with their husbands. I would you see? Oh, fair enough. Okay. I, that's very true. But I, it's I like think it's that kind that's of different. Both. I think that's a different, like I, I, what I mean by different, when I was saying what I was saying, I was referring to what I believe, like the more the North American No, but I challenge. see, and, the, and this is the thing, you are in a position of empowerment, but I believe that I would say the majority of women still are not. I mean, like, I think that for you, for example, you have independence, right? But for a lot of women, they're in a situation that they find themselves in where they're not they're not as independent. Yeah. Okay. So you're making me feel almost like I'm that I'm what I'm saying is contrary to believing in that. And it's not I, I completely listen. I came I was a I had I went through a lot of stuff through poverty, through you know, so you know um, exactly. Abuse. I what went I'm through a lot about. of okay. challenges. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I absolutely did this without okay. a support system, um, in the true sense of the word, okay. uh, either male or female, and and so I had to find a way to get through it, and I and I luckily did. So I have a ton of empathy, and and I do believe what you just said, which is empower. I have empowerment, but I also have empowerment because my father taught me that free agency, the, the the ability to make choices for yourself was the best thing that you had in life, that that what you needed to do was live the life that you needed to live um, on your terms, not on somebody else's. Don't let people make life choices for you. Don't let people tell you what's right and wrong. You have to figure that out for well, yourself. Well, but that's an amazing that's diff- value you were given. I was, I was, yeah. I, I truly, he changed my life by making me believe that I had an, 
my opinion was my opinion and was valid. Um, that is different than what's going on around the world in countries where equality and human rights right, are but I completely... Mean, I, but even that, right, it's but happening even that, here. It's like, happening right outside this door probably, I'm, I'm a know? little bit younger than you, okay, and I was raised... Bring that up. I was raised... <laughs> sorry. I mean, by the way, you're it's kind true. of a beaut, so no, zip it, okay? <laughs> but I was raised, you know, God bless my dad. I, I love him to death, but common in my house was, you know, when I was chirpy and intelligent, little girls are meant to be seen and not hurt. I'm yes. from... You know, very farm background, Ukrainian, you know, and but for me, it was the education I received. I luckily was sent to an incredible private girls school and didn't realize until like Trump became the president that like, oh, I'm anything in my head. I was equal. Okay, but I do think that there are people um, a yep. lot of people who don't have that voice. That's not the narrative. I, you know? I So let's agree Ever. to agree. I agree completely yeah. with what you're saying. I think um, I was, you know what, I was I was generalizing and that's stupid. You can't generalize and say, well, women's groups aren't good and you know, I, I, I think, think I'm thinking more gazing. from a, I think more from a business perspective. I think I'm navel gazing, yeah. though, yeah. when it gets to where it's too much, like it's an I'm, echo chamber. Dude, talk to yourself, I'm like, yeah. put the darn book down yeah, yeah. take action take action you learned something yeah. go go with yeah. it you don't have to read 40 books of the same thing it's not like you know you don't need to get accredited just <laughs> just yeah. take it and run with it but i think yeah. you can get really stuck there too where people want to repeat and repeat and repeat and drudge and drudge and drudge and i don't mean to sound unsympathetic but they've even changed the psychiatric uh, bible that comes out once every 10 years it's no longer about drudge it's about take action it's about yeah. figuring out what tools you need or your patient needs to to move forward. Yeah. So that's a big piece as well, because you really can get stuck there. You can get stuck in victim in your own head. And it's very hard to see how to get out of that when you are oppressed or when you are being when you because you, you there often you are a victim and you right. have to figure out how, how to, get to get past, past that. that it's yeah. very difficult 100. and there's yeah. and 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 uh, yeah this is a it's a big topic well but, but narrative I, narrative yeah, in narrative the mind in is, is huge so just talk about that i mean yeah I, can i i ask you something completely different Please. like off topic yeah. just going somewhere different uh-huh. i think i think we've agreed to agree on that and i'm not surprised but Pharrell Williams, mm. song Happy, mm-hmm. right? That's why it's in my head about happiness yeah. now and trying to find happy. And then Donald Trump uses the song at his freaking rallies and turns it into this perverse, disgusting um, weapon. <laughs> it, right? This song that's all about happiness. And here's a man who's anything about anything but that, yeah. I think, you think. You live in the States part-time. Yes, I, mean, I what, do. What's that yeah. like? What's it, down, what's it like well, down there right now? I, I in California, yeah, so. yeah, I'm in California, but I think I, I think I'm very Canadian. Watching the same uh, blank show that we're all watching here in Canada, in a way, you know, and it's it's incredibly discouraging. Um, I think it's really sick that I I I, I would think that it's a it's a great um, sort of example for people to 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 use that Donald Trump continually is asked to not use these songs. It's copyright infringement. And he continues to use them. He does not care. He has no respect for the law. That's the law. Like whether whether Donald Trump wants to rationalize, oh, it's just a song. And, you know, why, why wouldn't he like that? It's advertising. It's great for him. It's great for him. He's such a narcissist. Um, it's the law. 
The guy just has no, no absolutely no reverence None. for the law. Well, let me let me More let hubris. me read you a little bit about what happened. So, um, so Pharrell Williams sent a cease and desist letter and mm. threatened to sue Donald mm. Trump mm-hmm. over the use of his song "Happy," and because it was played at one of Trump's rallies, Mm -hmm. right, in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And it was played just hours after 11 people had been murdered at a synagogue (gasps) in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just the the sheer... Like it's, uh, you know what, I'm I'm constantly trying to decide, is that that stupidity? No. And ignorance? Or is it really, I mean, is it complete and utter... Uh, white supremacy and racism. It's white supremacy and racism, and I, I, I think I, we have to start calling it what it is. And this this thing of well, you know, it wasn't instead of saying that he's lying, you know, he misrepresented. <sighs> he didn't. No, he's lying. Um, so the letter went on. So his lawyer wrote a letter to Trump that said, "On the day of the mass murder of eleven yeah. human beings at the hands of yeah. a deranged quote nationalist, you played yeah. his song Happy to a crowd at a political event in Indiana. Yeah. There was nothing happy about the tragedy inflicted yeah. upon our country." on Saturday and no permission was granted for your use of this song for this purpose. Wow. What do you as a musician do? How do you protect that? Because it's not his to use and it's especially not his to use in a circumstance where people have just been killed. You know, know, it's funny. It's like right now that makes me want to cry. Yeah. Because I also heard the story of Pharrell writing the song and it's really beautiful. It was a struggle for him. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote several songs for the spot. And they didn't work. And then he wrote this song. It was like his like third, fourth, or fifth try. And as an artist who struggles and puts so much pride and and so much um, effort into what they do and knowing that, to hear it just utterly, I'm sorry, raped. That's the rape of 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 the song in in my head. Like it's just disgusting. Um, I just feel a lot of compassion because it would give me or Pharrell Williams, I think, just the feeling of like, wow, I just feel horrible that that happened and you're putting my song there. like, And, and just under this monster, like he really is a total monster. I actually really love what Bob Woodward said this morning or yesterday. He said it somewhere. I haven't watched the whole the whole video yet, but or the clip of it. But he just said that, you know, everyone that believes or thinks he's bringing them something or supports him, they're they're just they're just being played. They're just yeah. being duped. Well, they are. They want something from him. They think they're going to get something by being by him. They think they're going to win power or money, and and what is it, you know absolute power corrupts absolutely. Isn't that the line? Or yeah, you know, absolutely. Or- yeah, two years ago Halloween. My son asked, Mommy, can I please go play at so-and-so's house on Halloween and go trick-or-treating with him? I said, of course. And his mother and I texted. I went over to the house, and they were um, Persians. Um, and um, the, the dad was a doctor, and he came home, and he was opening the mail in front of me, and we started to talk. And literally, when someone eludes to the idea that they're a Trump supporter, I actually think they're kidding first. Yeah. And then I, it takes me a second, and I realize, no, that they they're are. Not. Uh, that they support him, and the 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 um, the the uh, vote was coming. It was a few weeks away, and he made a comment, and I I laughed out loud, and he said, "Oh, you think I'm kidding?" And you know, and I literally I walked up to his face, and I said, "He wouldn't break bread with you." Yeah, 
It's true. He would not break bread with you. This is what fascinates me is that, you know, Donald Trump cares about money and power. He doesn't have the other values of a human being. He doesn't have connection to the soil. He doesn't have connection to his food that he ingests. He doesn't have connection to the heart or the mind. He has no meditative instincts. He He does not take pause. None of it. And that's what is 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 um, is lacking, and that's what he has in common with his supporters. They too are victims of of this, you know, the fallout from the industrial revolution, the lack of connection. So I would say a couple things to the conversation we're having. One is I think it's really important for people to talk about this mm. and to call it what it is mm. and to not accept it as normal. I think, you know what, the problem for me is that it's hard for me to believe that somebody could be that awful. Oh, no, there's so, so many. It is. But, All of but, us are but, thinking but, that. But, yeah, but, but, but you're right. We're there. But it brings yeah. me back to our earlier conversation about happiness and optimism and mm. how do you find that mm-hmm. in a world that is increasingly abnormal mm. and it makes unhealthy un- yeah, and, and, yeah. and and it makes me believe that it is it is those small acts of doing that are going to change the the conversation the dialogue the direction i hope of humanity and that if we don't find a way to to put out those positive things through acts of service through acts of kindness through um through being able to find inside of ourselves the ability to be how about human to be human to be and to human. allow everyone else to be different and know that we're all different and that's a you good don't thing. have to talk politics with yeah. anyone if you're doing yeah and then it's like there's you're 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 having a human experience and you're connected that yeah. way so let's leave everybody who's listening to us today with the notion and the idea of service being a Humanity. way to keep your optimism that mm-hmm. when you go out and do these things you will find a way forward that is better and you will help make the world better and it may seem like a small act. No, it but matters. It, it matters. It matters. And you matter. Yeah, and yeah. you matter. And you I'm matter. so thrilled yeah. you came in today, Chantal. Like I, being with you is a joy. And Thank you. Are you. Such as, a good human. As it is for me to yeah. be with Aww. you. You've got this you amazing light. You made me yeah. cry. Again. <laughs> Talk to your friends, everybody. I love you, Arlene. I love you too. Talk to your friends, everybody. And Call your friends on the phone. They yeah. love it. Yeah. Tell a story or two. <laughs> The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson.